We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Drew Nixon, and Cody Tapp is back with us. Just one back. day absent. I'm back. Just getting a breather before we, you know. The home stretch, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last game or two, depending on how Sunday goes right. against the Ravens. Exactly There's only right. two possible games remaining. Once again, the Chiefs will not worry about the pro, but like how many guys would even show? Yeah. We got to play till this this end? No need to. Where's it at this year? Is it in Orlando again, the Pro Bowl games? I think so. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, it it is. doesn't really matter where the heck it is at. You're right, though. It's, it's such an irrelevant event, especially in Kansas City these days. But I would argue just in general, like, who cares? Uh, but usually that no, nobody in Kansas City is ever represented in that game anymore. Uh, nope. and, and you're... You're right. Hopefully it's truly because they can't even if they wanted to because they're getting ready for the Super Bowl. Honest to God, the last time I remember discussing something about the Pro Bowl (laughs) in regards to the Chiefs on the air is when Alex Smith had that really terrible dodgeball throw. That was it. The last time I remember because everybody was ready to dunk on the man for (laughs) throwing a bad dodgeball because, you know, he was a professional NFL quarterback at that time. And of course, since the injury and all like the... Because Patrick Mahomes has been so great, everyone's way softer on the Alex Smith. They're like, you know what? That era was fine. Nice job, Alex. Good work out of you. And then the rest, and because, you know, they're just doing all the winning. That's that's all that matters now. Feels good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. Good to have uh, all of you joining us for the next four hours. Of course, you can hit us up on the Jay Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. In about a half hour, Vinny Pasquantino, our NFL insider, going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on conference weekend we'll find out if, if he's willing to join us in vegas like he did for radio row what's that like a three a and a half ago, hour drive you know? from if if the chiefs if surprise. the chiefs get to the super bowl we'll see if uh if they want to meet us at radio row as well last year we had uh obviously Vinny, mj and uh, michael massey up there but that was in phoenix so that'll happen around 10 30 and then mahomes andy reed plus others it's playoff time so we could hear from isaiah pacheco as well chris jones all coming up around 11 45 or so right here on 610 Sports Radio, your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. But let's talk about these these two teams because we know there's plenty of star power, Chiefs and Ravens, starting with the quarterbacks, duh, Mahomes and, and Jackson in this particular game. But you go through, unlike the Bills game, where I think it was pretty easy to go, okay, wide receiver, edge, all right, they have Stephon Diggs, and all right, tight end, okay, duh, Kelsey, they have, they have a couple rookie, you know, they got a rookie in Dalton Kincaid. This go around, we don't know for sure if Mark Andrews is playing, but if he is, he's absolutely, if we're going through the top five players on the Ravens, he's probably number three on the list, number two on the list. So when I was looking at it, this is where I think the Ravens are a bigger challenge than Buffalo. And I, you know, look, you and I, by the time it got to game time, felt very confident that they could get past the Bills. And I still think, obviously, they can get past the Ravens. But when we did this exercise last week, it gave me more confidence because I was like, you know what? The Chiefs' top five players are actually kind of hard to pin down. 
we know Mahomes is one and Kelsey is one and Chris Jones is one. But then you're like, well, I could say Bolton or Sneed or McDuffie or Rice or Pacheco. You know, like the list goes kind of deep. It's hard to pin it to just five for the most important players. The Ravens are a lot like that. You are confident Lamar is one. You are confident, as you pointed out, that Mark Andrews is one. I think you can make a strong argument that Kyle Hamilton should be the third guy that is a no-doubter on the Ravens list based on the way he's playing. But then once you start going down the list, you realize how deep they are from a talent perspective. Is a Flowers? Is Odell? Is Clowney? Is Patrick Queen? This is where these two teams really line up where, again, maybe they don't have five superstars on their roster like the 49ers. We're okay. It's Debo, McCaff, you know, we know the, the names. Yeah. But instead, it's like, well, they got 10 guys that can really play football. That's how I feel about the Ravens when I did this exercise. They got 10 guys that are great. But this is the reason why there are multiple pieces from the Ravens front office that have been getting interviews and, and discussions about plucking them for other organizations. The same way people are discussing Chiefs personnel in the front office because these are two teams that if you look one through 53 extremely well built rosters yeah they got the yes. they each have the quarterback that's for starters but they also just are really good rosters and we know on the Chiefs side of things not just Chris Jones you've got McDuffie and Snead and we've gone through all the different layers and how they've built up this defense to what it is today the same thing can be said about the defensive side of the ball for Baltimore the one thing they do differently right they they force more turnovers than Kansas City but the the clowny the fact that Jadavian's clowny Jadavian Clowney's name is even mentioned as maybe one of the five or six best players on the Ravens right this second. It's because he's having a resurgence out of, kind of out of nowhere. He only had two sacks last year in Cleveland. You're like, okay, he's 30, 31. He's probably done. He's 30, and he just tied his career high in sacks this year. Javon Clowney's yeah, playing weird. like the Clowney that like everybody talked about with his third year in the league when he was with the Texans and had nine and a half sacks. Between the Clowney, but that's a mini hue for the Chiefs. Yeah. Those are equally good signings. A mini who didn't have nine and a half sacks, but he had seven in 11 games. So technically his pace was better than Jadavian Clowney. And you have to remember, like we look at Charles Amenihue now and what he is, and he, he graded out really poorly in this last game for pro football focus, but whatever yeah. he, um, we yeah, know how the good grades are the grades. Year. Yeah. Um, but like going into it, his career high in sacks was like five, six with San Francisco on a really deep defensive line. The Ravens are getting the most out of him. I just realized the most repeatable way to get the, the best way to get the Ravens is borderline just straight up repeat your performance against Buffalo, but then don't fumble <laughs> the ball on the damn one yard line with McColl. Yeah, I was you don't have to be that perfect, but you do have to do like you need to rely on all of your talent spread out. And the Chiefs had to go even deeper. They needed Shamari Connor and other guys further down the depth chart to show up. And, and yesterday when, when Dusty was here, we were talking about just the, the depth of the roster and Andy Reid giving Brett Veach props. And because you named you named a couple players, whether it's through the draft or, or free agency that had to step up in some guy's absence. And yeah, that's a credit to how they've built up this particular roster. You know, can they get away with playing the same way that they did against Buffalo? I mean, in, in some areas, yes. I mean, I, I, I do think because the way this game feels on Sunday, it seems even lower scoring than what we just saw. Like this last game was what? 27, 24. I mean, th this feels like it could be more of a 17, 20, like 14 to 17. Like, I really think this could just be a really defensive game. And so if you're talking about it that narrow of margin and a lower scoring game, you know, then you're talking about, you, you certainly can't have a single turnover. Sometimes it is that simple. We'll talk more turnovers later. Uh, in, in the show, but I, I don't think you have to be perfect, 
but it's a, it's a much different uh, feeling about the margin of error, I think, probably even in this game than it was already and where we were at going up against Buffalo. This is a step up in competition for the Chiefs, duh. It's also a step up for the Ravens. I think it's interesting how it only gets discussed like, well, the Chiefs, you know, they haven't played anybody like the Ravens this year. I, I wouldn't disagree, ultimately, of how we found out these teams were. You know, the Detroit Lions maybe in week one. Now, the Lions weren't the same team in week one. The Chiefs aren't the same team necessarily. Uh, but other than the Lions, if you look at who's left, of course, that th- these are the t- two teams uh, that one, the Chiefs have played in the Lions, and now they're going to have a chance to play Baltimore. And we know they didn't play the 49ers this year. So if you're talking about you know stepping up in competition, Cody, the, the Ravens, who did who do they particularly play? So I mean, the one game that people are going to stand out is the 49ers game. That's going to be the one that they say, hey, they got the better. Remember, Brock Purdy threw four picks. Yes. His worst game. And I get it. You could just be like, well, that was because the Ravens made him do that. I understand that. But if you really do go through it, and, and we'll look at this a little bit later on, but when you do really go through it, I mean, it, I don't think that it's as difficult as you would make it seem. They played in a division with teams that had a lot of wins, but that stretch where they beat the Jags, beat the 49ers and beat the Dolphins, and they beat them all convincingly, doesn't look as impressive when none of us really thought the Jags were all that good, and we thought the Dolphins were frauds before they took on the Chiefs in the postseason. They're going to have to go toe-for-toe, deep two. And look, some of this is going to be injury-related. You and I just talked about all the good players the Chiefs have. Well, I'd also like them to have Willie Gay available, right, and and others available in this scenario to help them slow down the Ravens. But, I mean, Buffalo was everyone's darling. It was only, like, one, you know, whatever. I'm sure you guys played. Like, one media member had to be like, ah, the Bills had no talent. You're like, what? That was not the story this whole time. The story was not the Bills have no talent. (laughs) That was never the case. They were a good football team. The Chiefs just played better than them in the last game. The Bills are more than capable or talented enough to beat the Chiefs. And I think if they faced each other 10 more times, Patrick Mahomes would win six out of the 10, but I think the Bills would get a few. You know, they're that level of talent. I think the Ravens game probably falls in that same line. Or if these two teams had to play each other 10 times, we might get five and five, which is what makes the game obviously so interesting. We'll find out more maybe on the health of the team around 1145 or so when Andy Reid does speak, at least heading into this practice, who's expected or not. And when Nate Taylor joined us yesterday, he mentioned, like, don't be surprised if Joe Tooney just doesn't practice all week, but he actually maybe tries to give it a go. And that was was nice to hear if that actually happens. He was actually more concerned about Willie Gay's health and, and the neck injury than uh, as far as his status. I, it's not the first time it's I, come up for him this year. It's, it's part not of the, the first time, but Willie Gay did send out a tweet after the win against Buffalo, and it was something along the lines of, like, I'll be good come game day or something. So we'll see. Like, those, those are the two big injuries we know we'll talk more about. Uh, you need, against Lamar Jackson, your guy that is the most athletic linebacker, and you need players like Chris Jones to step up in big moments. And so – what was it? Monday, we had the conversation where I said we we decided it's the Frank Clark Award for guy who can mean nothing in the regular season and mean something in the postseason. That's not Chris Jones. But what I've decided to accept about Chris Jones' playoff performances is I don't care what he does for the first half of a football game. I'm good. Because a seemingly very common theme for Chris Jones' play in these postseason runs over the last couple of years is quiet first half where we're not totally sure Chris Jones is going to have an impact on this game absolute game wrecker in the fourth quarter. I rewatched that play that Josh Allen tries to get it to Khalil Shakir in the fourth quarter when they were trailing. And it is Chris Jones shoving his man directly into Josh Allen that forces that throw short. I can't figure out why it is in the postseason. He's so quiet for so many of these games. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, boom, he shows up. He's just there. I can't figure out why, but I've decided to accept it because it does seem like he's got a knack for, 
when they need him the most, Chris Jones shows up. There's another gear. There's another level that that he does find. And isn't that the story of this defense? Kind of. I mean, the slow right. start I mean, for sure. Because this defense has been incredible all year, but the second half story is much different than the first half story. You know, there have been a lot of instances where uh, defensively in the first half, the offense sometimes is able to move the ball on them, have success, and then you see the second half adjustment. And then this defense has given up, what, seven or fewer points in six straight games in the second half. So they're one of the best second half teams, period, in, in football on the defensive side. Yeah. And so that probably goes hand in hand in what you're discussing with Chris Jones. Like, A, they might be great in the second half because that's when Chris Jones has been playing his best football. Also, B, when adjustments happen, they find different ways. You know, teams are playing Chris Jones a certain way. Maybe they're able to, you know, I think Chris Jones in this past game lined up on the edge six times, five or six times. Almost every time he did that, that's when he made his most impactful play. So are they being strategic when the few times a game, hey, they got like five bullets to fire where he's going to be, you know, on the edge or whatever. And, and that's that's the opportunity that he gets. They're not going to get they're not going to line him off the edge the entire game. And so maybe that's strategic and that's why he steps up and, and might be why the defense plays much better in the second half. That's what's a, uh, in a weird way a bit concerning or like frustrating. And this is why we get frustrated by it. What you said, hey, isn't this the story of the defense? Yeah. But then it seems like there's some causation correlation there. When Chris Jones plays better, the defense plays better. So I think if, adjustments happen, though, man. Like, I think there's there's something to be said for when we talk about teams who can adjust, you know, and all that. Like, nobody in the entire league, period, has adjusted first half to second half better than Steve Spagnuolo all year no. on defense. That has been his story and is, you know, one of his biggest strengths of the entire season. I When I watched, it's like I've seen a motivated Chris Jones for every single snap. It was week 18 this year. <laughs> Chris Jones would try to get a million dollars when he was when he was doing work every snap. That man had 25 pressures and a half. He was at the quarterback's face for every single second. I'm not saying you can do I'm not saying you can do that every single game, but it does feel like there's a little more wiggle room where Chris Jones could have a bigger impact in the early part of the game. The other part about the early part of this game is he was moving slow. Anyone else see him like get up a little slow? Took a couple of extra breathers, it seemed like, on the sideline. Yeah. So maybe there is, and we only talk about it really when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones has played, he's the only other player on this roster that has played all these extra games, other than James Winchester, which I don't think we're breaking down today. Um, he's Another played, stray shot for James Winchester. <laughs> he got one from me yesterday on the show, too. Really? Yeah. What? What's our problem with James I Winchester? I can't remember. Oh, was he? No, it was with you on Monday. Oh, it's yeah. about the Ring of Honor, and and oh, I was joking with you yeah, because you were yeah. saying so and so has two rings he should get in, and I was like, what? Should James Winchester get in? So poor guy's getting some shots from us. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the point is, is that Chris Jones has played the equivalency of an extra full season. This is the other thing that would give you hesitation, not about signing him or his impact to the team, because you know how great he is. But like, if you're the Chiefs, you'd be like, boy, we put a lot of tread on those tires for an. In I always go back to like uh, we talk about this running backs, but. You remember how good Albert Hainsworth was until he wasn't like Albert Hainsworth was one of the most dominant defensive players in the entire league. And then one day he wasn't. And that's just because the tread was on the tires. Man didn't have the same juice. I wonder sometimes with Chris Jones, other than it's been a multiple year thing, if he just saves himself for the second half of the games when he knows it's going to matter the most, like you said, because that kind of feels like the way he plays in these postseason games. He was great in the fourth quarter in that game. He was pretty good in the third quarter. I don't remember seeing his name called once in the first and the second. Yeah, I mean, Chris Jones is just, uh, and not, I knew you weren't making a direct comparison. Like, Chris Jones is also just way more athletic of an individual oh, yeah, than, yeah. than even, and Hainsworth was, in, was incredible for a period of time. But, like, and they both are actually, you know, size wise, Hainsworth is like 30 pounds heavier, I think, than, than Chris Jones was. But, yeah, I, I think overall, 
I don't know if it's where as much as it is. He knows how to conserve his energy a little bit. Like he knows in a way to pace himself throughout a football game, Cody. So in the, in the biggest moments that he is able to step up and not be worn down in the fourth yeah. quarter when it matters most. I, I do think there's a little bit of that. And just this, this, the scheme again, he lined up only on the edge, I think five or six times last week. And I think three of those plays were the three plays we noticed him the most. One was when he, when he forced that throw that was short in the end zone. Uh, and it's because he got right up, you know, basically pushed the left tackle right up against Josh Allen. Yep. No, I mean, I get it. But they, you know, and they've, we've said this before. When they try to make him a full-time defensive end, that didn't work. But obviously he yeah. should also play on the end because there's a portion of that that does work for part of his game because they want the mismatch. They just need to choose. Like, they just need to choose the one guy on the offensive line that is the weakest and consistently line up Christians against him. And the good advantage for them is, is that, even if it doesn't line up that way because Karloftis and Aminihue are good at getting to the quarterback, both guys have been, you know, double-digit sack performers. I know that Aminihue didn't get there. I just mean on a per-game basis he would have been. Then you don't have to just pick the one weakest spot. You can move it around. Yeah, and I know that he's like he's uh, – sorry. I know he's good. like the uh, – he's a little bit like MVS where even if you're not calling Chris Jones' name, if a coach would be like, uh, don't worry, man. He's doing something. He's having an impact. You just don't see it. Yeah, and look, the, the Baltimore Ravens have, and we'll t- we'll go out to Baltimore later on this week and get their perspective on everything. The Baltimore Ravens do have a very good offensive line. You know, they, we, we know their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, has been been very good. I mean, depending on what uh, graded site you want to look at, PFF or any of the other ones, like some would say they're they are a top five offensive line in football. But you know, and and look, last week the Chiefs faced the team that gives up the second least amount of sacks in the NFL, yep. and they didn't get to Josh Allen once. Like they didn't sack him. Once, I don't think. Or maybe they get him once in the second half. It wasn't much. The point is. And Patrick Mahomes, has the he's the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. And how often did they get to him? Not very often. The Ravens, because Lamar Jackson still creates, even though they got a great offensive line, he's 16th in the NFL. He'll still take a sack. He'll still get back there and get because of the style of play that he plays. Even if the offensive line is good, your pass rushers can still get to Lamar Jackson versus in the case of the Chiefs and Buffalo, or, you know, Chiefs and Buffalo, Almost nobody gets to well, that. That once again be the story of the game. I mean, the, to their credit, both Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith have played two of their better games as members of the Chiefs in these two playoff games. Once again, going to be tested. Like, they're going to need that again. It's not a coincidence why they have had more success, you know, with guys getting open down the field. And Mahomes has had more time. He's had more time these two playoff games, and they're going to have to to rely on that again heading into the game against Baltimore on Sunday afternoon. I mentioned the turnovers a little bit. Drew, you did a little digging on on this Ravens team, and it seems so simple sometimes, right, when you look, about, when you look yeah. at the turnover margin. Yeah, so um, the Ravens all year long have four games where they lost the turnover battle. They lost two of them. The other game was week one. They faced C.J. Stroud in his first career game ever. Uh, both teams a little bit sloppy. The other game, they won, but they needed a punt return, uh, for a touchdown and oh, overtime. That Rams one? Yes, the Rams won. Yeah, so so game. they they are yeah. they're on the edge of losing every single time. It's not like they 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 find find a way to to win games, I guess, unless they're playing a rookie quarterback or getting uh, a miracle punt return. The Chiefs on the other hand, they're they're 5 and 5. They have 10 had 10 games this year where they've lost a turnover battle. They won 5, lost 5. I I just get the feeling that this game might come down to who keeps the ball and doesn't turn it over. If you, if you turn the ball over more times than the other, then, then you're going to be the one losing it. I, I hear you. And I think it's probably more vital against a better team like this in Baltimore, but just the last week, I mean, the, the chiefs were depending on how you want to look at, were even in turnover last week. 
you know, they, they had the McCall Hardman fumble. Technically, the fake punt counts as a turnover on downs. Yeah. Right. It just does. Oh, so it doesn't it, feel like a but turnover. It, it goes you know? down as a turnover. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, so they were one in one, weren't they? They were even. Yep. So if, that's, if we're counting that it, one, yeah, the fake punt. Yeah. So they were even in the turnover margin. And I believe going into that game when when Josh Allen hadn't thrown a pick, they were undefeated. And I believe when the when when Patrick Mahomes hadn't thrown a pick, as you as you just laid out there, like that was the story of the entire season of the entire you know the team with interceptions. They found a win, way to win games when they turned it over. I still feel like this applies for Baltimore too. When you're in an AFC title game and you're clearly playing a team that is very good, you don't make it to an AFC title game unless you you are that. This game it matters even more than it did last week though. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you really can't afford it. Just if you if you needed the reminder, Baltimore is the number one turnover differential team in the NFL at plus 12. The Chiefs were fourth worst at negative 11, which means they were a full 23 turnovers apart this year. But something has been under-discussed in the first two games against the Chiefs. They have been really good with the football. Way better. Yeah. Way less penalties. And because look, we talked about this. You might be like, hey, but they turned it over in each of the last two games. Clyde fumbled it late in the first game, and McCall fumbled it in the goal line at the second game. The Chiefs had nine, and I am not kidding, nine games this year in which they turned it over two or more times. One turnover for them is generally kind of a win. Like, you'd ideally not to like to have it in the red zone when you're a foot away from the damn touch, you know, from yeah. a touchdown in McCall Hardman, Hardman's case. But the Clyde one was almost meaningless. They had that game locked up. When he fumbled, it, it meant nothing. They've been way better at protecting the football, moving the it, ball better, all of those things. This has been their best two-game stretch of offense maybe all season. Yeah, it's been t- – you know, the, the Ravens' defense, while they'll turn people over, it, it, you mentioned the margin and why they've been so good. It's that. But also, Lamar Jackson, he only had seven picks this year. Yeah. Lamar, he only, he only inter- was intercepted seven times. He hasn't been picked off it since their December 17th game uh, against Jacksonville. He hasn't fumbled in – what is it? Five games, one, two, three, four, five games. And I, in, in overall in the season, he's fumbled 11 times, but he's just done a great job protecting the football the last month. Plus, can you, can you get that trend to reverse? Cause right now Lamar Jackson has been an exceptional, not turning over the football. Big I, reason why he ended up finishing strong and why he's going to be the MVP this year. I do think it was interesting when Nate was talking about it y- yesterday, the possession, uh, maximizing every single possession, because particularly the way that the chiefs and bills game went, the Chiefs maximize every single possession. It'll be interesting to see how the Ravens go about their business because just in, from what I've watched, then they tend to go on those longer drives as well. Chiefs have gotten more comfortable with doing that too, where if, if you can hold you know, the Ravens to three points on two of the drives or force them to punt once or twice, do you, I think people now have the belief in the Chiefs' offense to at least move the ball down the field enough to get points and maximize the time that they have the football as opposed to other teams where they, if the chief, the, the, the chief's defense is good enough where you can rely on them to make one or two stops and you're going to be in a great spot to win the game. It's also just, you know, how much pressure did the chiefs actually get on Lamar to try to force a bad decision? Like you mentioned with the offensive line yeah. and the blitz scheme packages and all that stuff. That's where facing the chiefs is different than facing a lot of other teams. They get pressure on you different than most teams. Our NFL playoff coverage on 610 Sports Radio brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Just getting started here on a Wednesday. Up next, we check in with our NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. How does he see this Chiefs-Ravens matchup going? And all of a sudden, maybe the Super Bowl is once again in play. And so we'll find out if Vinny's got some Super Bowl plans next. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now joining Cody and Gold, it's your NFL insider, Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. We hate the Broncos. Even in the playoffs, still don't like the Denver Broncos, but we're not worried about them in Kansas City, Vinny, whatsoever, as our NFL insider joins us. Once again, another AFC title game appearance. You know, we just that's all we do here in Kansas City, Vinny. Six straight. Yeah, and the 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 uh, cockiness is uh, is out. <laughs> it's full out too. It's uh, well, you got to embrace the hate, Vinny. There's a lot of haters out there that want the Chiefs to fail, <laughs> and so you got to embrace the hate. Which is funny because everybody also wanted the Patriots to fail when they were in the middle of a dynasty too, including people in Kansas. Sure. State. So enjoy the villain role <laughs> because you deserved it because you win so much that people are tired of it and they want something new. I will say this. You did try to talk some sense to us. Even when I was casting some doubt, you're like, it's not that bad. Okay. Most teams would take the current level of play you're getting out of the chiefs. Just relax a little. seems like you might've been onto something there, Vinny. The regular season does not matter one bit for the chiefs. Not one bit. Um, They've gotten to the point now. It's the same thing with the Patriots a few years ago. You play them in the regular season, whatever. Then the beautiful thing is, is teams will beat you in the regular season because it's a big game for them. And then, uh, People will say congrats on your Super Bowl, and then you beat them in the playoffs, and then then you laugh all the way home. Yeah, it's it's really tough to beat. Are you, by the way, I, it's a four-and-a-half-hour drive from Surprise. It's a couple of days before the report date. Are you planning on trying to make a trip over to the Super Bowl? I'll say this. If somebody can hook me up with some help with the Super Bowl, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, but, I think, uh, yeah, you gotta. You I know. feel like you have some connections, Vinny. I feel like you have some. You, I saw MJ and Bobby there last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, one of those people is Bobby, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you, I'm not gonna say that I'm on the same stratosphere as him. So, so you know that one, that one I'm not gonna argue. So, hey, just if anybody out there's got any help, you know, I would appreciate it. All right, if the Chiefs if the Chiefs win in the AFC title game, there, well, some, somebody's got to help our guy Vinny out because uh, that'd be another fun week at the Super Bowl. Obviously, when you watch them play, though, like everybody wants to know, all right, what what what's different about this team? We've been just saying, look, they they kind of recognize who they are on offense. Stop trying to be the offense from a couple years ago and lean into Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more. What what do you feel when you watch when you watch this Chiefs team right now? Uh, when I watch that team, I understand who their quarterback is, and that's really all that matters. So no offense to anybody else, um, but when you've got the best guy in the world, you're, uh, you know, you can do some things. So, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, not to say luck, there was, but there was a little bit of things that happened that helped, you know, the fumble, the fumble happening and then being able to get that stop. I will say, here's, here's a pet peeve of football of mine. Why did the Bills not just try to score? Why did they try to run the clock down? I get it. I get who's the quarterback on the other side and what can happen, but don't you just need to score? Isn't that more important than uh, yeah, yeah, running the time down? I would agree, but also I feel like they they should have kept running the ball though, Vinny. Late, I mean, they they took a couple shots towards the end zone. So whether it was for clock reasons or not, like James Cook, Josh Allen, I don't feel like the Chiefs were stopping that rushing attack. It was very strange. It was a very strange game plan, I thought. But uh, hey, it worked out. The the better team won, and uh, it was exciting to see. When you look at the the Mahomes thing, I 
I, I wonder if you think about this the way we do is like uh, sports commentators as a professional athlete. It's not that I think Patrick Mahomes has 50% more talent than Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or any of these guys. It's just the difference between being 98% of being Patrick Mahomes and being 100% of him is a significant jump. I feel that way in baseball too, right? There's guys that are almost as talented as those guys, but that last 1% seems like it is a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, the difference between good, great, elite, it's not that big of a difference. It's the little mistakes that happen. It's the lack of a fumble by him. It's the lack of a bad pass, right? It's it's that just consistently elite, not elite most of the time. It's being elite all the time. So that's what's going to take you to six straight AFC championships. We're talking to Vinny Pasquantino, our NFL insider. Then on the NFC side, the Detroit Lions continue their great story and run. They got to go on the road this time, though, out to San Francisco. And a lot of people, I think, watched the Niners last week and were like, you know what? They, didn't, they maybe didn't look as dominant as we've all suspected them to be this season. What do you make of that matchup over on the NFC side? It's, uh, it's definitely interesting with the heavyweights in the AFC. Not that the NFC doesn't have heavyweights, but when you look at all the quarterbacks in the AFC compared to the NFC, it's kind of crazy. So I would think the 49ers would win, but you never know what's going to happen. You know, here's, okay, here's another pet peeve of mine. Does Jared Goff have the longest arm action in football? Oh, my gosh. It's when he long. throws, it feels like it's taking forever for him to get it out of there. I think I think that might be why he only does well indoors. Like, this is not a knock, but, like, let's just face it. Jared Goff's career, if it is sunny and 75 degrees or he's inside, Vinny, he's just as good as about any quarterback in the NFL. When it yeah, is, crazy. like, the slightest bit of rain, not so much. No, it's supposed to be 70 yeah, well, and sunny, sunny on Sunday, so good news for him in Santa Clara. Luckily for the Lions, the Super Bowl is pretty much always played inside or in a good weather city, so they've got that going for them. Vinny, I just wanted to ask you, I know that we're going to you know, talk a little bit more football here, but you guys have the fan rally coming up. You want to tell us a little bit about why you're going to be there or just what the event's going to look like? Uh, to be honest, I don't really know what it's going to look like yet. I know there's some autograph stuff, and, and there are some round tables and stuff like that of people talking, but other than that, I don't really have much information, but I am standing here with Daniel Lynch right now. And okay. he's fired up about it, too. I so, bet he is. You know, he's pumped to, to greet some fans and just sign some autographs for the people. Oh, uh, never mind. Never mind. He says he's not going to be there. He's going to a <laughs> wedding. So, never mind. <laughs> no. What? A wedding? There's going to be a lot of Royals players there. It looks like an awesome time. Obviously, you guys can still get tickets up at Royals.com if you want to go to the Royals fan rally coming up on Saturday, February 3rd. I guess Daniel Lynch won't be there. But a lot of the other Royals players will be there, Vinny. That's all that matters. Do you guys coordinate before you get together out of town like this? When you're all getting ready to be in the same spot, does the group text, me- text message start going off? Yeah, it definitely goes off a little bit more than it normally does. And, uh, yeah, we're excited about it. We'll, we'll try to make a nice weekend out of it and see some fans and get everybody excited for the season. All right, so who's winning on the NFC side? Who are, who are the Chiefs going to face, I should say, in the Super Bowl then? The 49ers. Uh, it'll be the 49ers. So I feel pretty good about that. Okay. And we'll see them in the Super Bowl. That works. Would you like to predict the Chiefs officially is winning so that the audio exists? <laughs> yeah, the audio is there. Uh, go Chiefs. <laughs> there you go. Vinny Pasquantino will let you get back to work, man. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. There you go. That's Vinny Pasquantino, our NFL insider. Uh, getting close to the baseball season, clearly working out. You could hear it in the background. And sounds like Daniel Lynch and who knows who else is working out with him at the same time as well. But, yeah, Royals do have their uh, Royals rally coming up on February the 3rd out at Kauffman Stadium. You do need to buy tickets, though. Yep. Uh, I know Vern's going to be out there start I think, at like 9 a.m. or so. I believe I saw that. So that's coming up in a couple weeks. Hopefully it'll just be 
you know, a nice little weekend break of football before everybody's gearing up for the Super Bowl the following weekend. Like, I view what, like Vinny said, I think most professional athletes do it the same way we do. That difference between, like, Vinny is a very good baseball player. He's better than 99.9% of people on the planet at playing that sport. And yet, that 1% difference between, like, you know, the way he's described Bobby Wood Jr. Like, Vinny's been honest about this. I'm not even trying to, like, like, Vinny's been like, if you think I'm Bobby Wood Jr., you are not watching. We are not watching the same sport. That like hair difference sometimes is kind of wild to me from a professional athlete standpoint. I feel like that's what it is with Mahomes. I can't remember which sports writer it was. That, I, maybe it was Benjamin Solak. He's going to join actually, us tomorrow. He's going to join us on the show tomorrow. Who broke down essentially that that relationship between Mahomes and Allen? It's not that Allen isn't great. It's not that Allen didn't play great. It's just that slight difference between. What makes Patrick it's, it's, Mahomes different than anyone else on the planet? We can say like so slight difference that makes him great, but there is there is no debate. There like the, the gap is so wide still. I'm sorry between Mahomes and everybody else. Like I get what he's no, saying, like the difference, but but it that it's it seems like it's a small difference, but it's wide. Like which is why it's absurd when you got people out here trying to. Did you guys play that still Sean O'Hara. No, did we did not. Play that? We didn't actually play. Wow, it. Yeah. you just briefly we, mentioned, we mentioned it? it. We didn't actually play that Ooh. ridiculousness. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, Sean O'Hara is still trying to say he would pick and want Josh Allen as his quarterback over Mahomes. I just like I'm sorry, like Sean O'Hara played in the league. He knows way more about football than I do. It doesn't mean you can't have absurd, idiotic, stupid opinions. Okay, just because you played in the league, and that's exactly proof of it right there. Just the worst. Like, how could you have that opinion after he has three? You, you oh, can't, Cody. You, you can't. That's it has the thing. Two like, Super Bowl wins. Patrick Mahomes has two MVPs and two Super Bowl wins. And two Super Bowl MVPs. He's got six trophies that Josh Allen doesn't have one of. Like, again, it's not meant to be that Josh Allen isn't a great quarterback. My dad called me last night, Golden, was asking me, he's like, how many quarterbacks would you, if you were the team who had the quarterback right now, not try to start over, right? Josh Allen's on the list of, you wouldn't start over. If Patrick Mahomes your quarterback, you're not starting over. If Josh Allen's your quarterback, you're not starting over. If Joe Burrow, I think his answer was nine or ten. And I hadn't looked at it yet. I'm like, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. But Josh Allen's on that list, or at least you'd have to consider, right? Like Jared Goff, you'd be like, oh, man, can I do better? If we're just starting from scratch and I get to either get back into the draft, look at other options, you'd probably think yeah, about it. I think there's it a probably like, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if there's nine of them, honestly. Like, I'm just now I'm trying to run through it in my head real quick. Jackson, uh, so Mahomes, Allen, Allen Burrow. Jackson, Burrow, Stroud, I think Stroud. you have to put them there now. There's five. Uh, I don't want to think too hard about this. Herbert? I know everybody here thinks he sucks, but um, I, I, I don't still think, think I, I would be tearing um, it down to not to be looking for something. Probably still not. Trevor, to get him Trevor Lawrence is probably still on the list, even though he's disappointing right now. But still, you know, are, you tearing, are you still tearing? Him, so. Are you still tearing it down? Probably not. Jalen Hurts. That's the big question for a lot of people. Dak. Is, is, like these are the ones where that if they Dak's maybe in his thirties, he's in his thirties, yeah. so it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's probably you know. Yeah. Interesting question though. Some of them are younger because you don't know the full answer. Yeah, it might not be nine for me. If you just let me start from scratch and I'm getting the full pool of people, I might I might look at other options. The problem is if I know the pool's the same, why would I be giving up Herbert to 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 maybe end up with a quarterback not as good as him, you know? That's where you'd end up with probably 10, but then everybody else would just clean slate and move on. I think that's Someone fair. says Jordan Love maybe enters the conversation. But, you know, kicking around. Franchise quarterback, but are you saying, man, I'm taking him over any of these other guys available? Or would I, yeah, over I, the uh, other two-thirds of the league or what know. might be available in the draft? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's Sean O'Hara. <laughs> that, take, that take was so, so. I haven't said that name in years, just for reference. Yeah, it was a really bad take. 
I was looking at, you know, we mentioned all the stuff offensively and what the Chiefs are going to have to do. Heard you guys a little bit with Nate Taylor yesterday. Reference this stat, and I wanted to kind of dive into it a little bit deeper because I think that this is one of the themes of the NFL season we've missed, which is some defenses are very good this year. Some have been more fraudulent than we want to admit based on the opponents they faced. I think the Browns is the perfect example of that. The Browns, defense on paper, yards per game, points per game, turnovers, they look like a real juggernaut. People were saying they're better than the Chiefs defense. No, no matter who the Chiefs defense has faced, they have done a good job against that offense. Doesn't matter the team. The Ravens, not so much. The Ravens defense this year in games in which they face Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, who I'd consult better, but still a kind of an average quarterback. Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence, and Mason Rudolph, they allowed nine points per game. So best you're probably looking at is the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. C.J. Stroud was also in that, but it was his very first NFL game, a little different. In games in which they faced Burrow when he was healthy, Watson, Stafford, Tua, Kyler, Justin Herbert, and Purdy, 22.8. Now, look, this is a bit misleading. Let's say Purdy and Goff are the same level of quarterback, or Tua and Geno Smith are the same level of quarterback, and I don't think they are. I think Tua is a little better. The point is is that they could – that's 22.8 points per game. That's 25th in the NFL. The point is, in some of these games, they're giving up points to these teams. Against better quarterbacks, they're giving up points. I don't think the Ravens' defense – I think the Chiefs' defense is the best in the league because every single week – The most points they've let up all year is 27. They've only let up 24 or more three times. They have shut down everybody. The Ravens can still get got. The Browns could still get got. I think there was a lot of other teams this year where that was true defensively. The Browns story was about being on the road versus at home. You know, the the Browns were great all year, but their road splits, there was a warning sign there. We should all have seen more when they were playing the Texans. Probably. The Browns were a different team on the road defensively. We know the Ravens are at home in this case. And do I think the Chiefs aren't going to be able to move the ball? No. Um, the only My only hesitation with what you're saying about like maybe they're not you know not as good as and based off the quarterbacks that they played, they also played multiple playoff teams. And if you look at Damn those them. games, yeah, it wasn't close, man. So like yeah. the, Raven, know, I think. the Ravens against the Lions, who were a, four, what, a 14-win team, I believe. And are or, currently or, in or, the or, NFC title game. Doesn't matter. Maybe not a 14-win team, but if you include the playoff wins, whatever. Anyway, the Lions, they won by 32. Uh, the 49ers. 40, 49ers by 14. The Dolphins by 37. Playoff team. I know we didn't think they were good, but they were a playoff team. The Browns, playoff team. They won by 25. And then the Texans... Uh, you know, 16 and, and uh, 24 points. Five, twice they blew them out. Two of those teams are still alive in the NFC, or two of, and two of them are in the NFC title game. Both of them. So, like... And a couple of them were in the previous round. I'm just saying, like, so I hear you on the quarterbacks, and I think it's interesting. It doesn't mean... Like, I, I just think this is going to be a lower-scoring game to begin with. I expect the Chiefs defense to show up. we got to find out about Willie Gay's injury, though, before I'm ultra-confident in slowing down Lamar. Uh, we'll see as the week progresses. But the the quarterback they played, that's why their defense you know, has these numbers argument. To me, I, I don't like it because I, can, I feel like when you look at these playoff opponents, which to me really matters, how do they perform? They didn't just squeak by. They blew them all out. Do we think that they were playing with their food? Because, you know, the way you're describing it, we should almost be viewing the Baltimore Ravens as one of the single greatest regular season teams of all time. They've steamrolled a bunch of playoff teams in the regular season and steamrolled at the Texans last week in the second half where they got out of there. But then I go back through their season and I'm like, all right, how'd you lose to the Colts and the Steelers? 
Those aren't good teams. And the Browns with DTR. I know, but the, Chief, the Chiefs lost to the Broncos before they got rolling, and they lost to the Raiders on Christmas yeah, Day. But I, but I, I, mean, don't, but I don't know, view like, the Chiefs as one of the single greatest teams of all time. But nobody's. You're, the only, one that's, you're the only one that I've heard ever say that you think they had the. I know you asked yeah. the question, but like I don't even I'm think. Saying, it, why wouldn't I, we view them that way? But I think. But I don't think anybody is, I, I guess sure. is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think anybody's trying to make the case the Ravens are one of the greatest teams of the last decade. I, I don't think anybody's making that argument about the Chiefs, the Ravens or the Lions or anything. For a while, people were trying to make that about the Niners earlier in the season. Yeah, they were. They That's obviously, still one of the talented teams. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's saying any of these teams are historically great that are still alive. The Ravens are just a really interesting case study because they follow the same lines of what you're talking about with the Chiefs. Every single team this year, including the San Francisco 49ers, has had a stretch of games of like, what the hell's happening here? The 49ers lost three straight to not good quarterbacks. I just want to be very clear. That was not a good stretch of games. Those were not particularly good teams, and they lost all of them. My biggest hesitation on the Niners, like each team makes sense to me. For the Lions, my biggest concern is they don't have a, they don't have a secondary and they can get torched. For the Niners, it's Brock Purdy, just yeah, straight health. up. Health, yeah, <laughs> health. but it's but it's Brock Purdy. They're, they're, Debo gets hurt too much. He's hurt right now. McCaffrey gets a little banged up every game. Like that's my concern with the Niners too, is they just get so hurt. Sure, but I mean, you have to have real reservation of being like, is Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy's clearly right now. If we all ranked the four quarterbacks remaining, we'd put him last, of course, and we put Mahomes and Lamar one with a bullet. And then we'd give ourselves a little bit of a break and give ourselves golf. And then we'd give ourselves a little bit of a break again and then get to Brock Purdy for the Ravens. I think that this is one of those things you can point to where a lot of teams this year, they have played defensively inconsistent. They have not played bad defense the number one scoring defense in the NFL. I understand that. But a lot like the bills and the Browns and some of these other teams, no team has played consistently on defense like the chiefs. The rest have had these games where teams still get them. And because the Chiefs are currently going through, I think, I don't know if you agree, their best two-game stretch offensively of the entire year, yep. I'm very confident about the Chiefs' ability to move the ball. Said before the Bills game, if you were a Chiefs fan, you that was the most confident you should be going into a football game in the entire season. Going, going into last week's game, we said it on Friday's show, and that was because of what you just said, the way the offense had looked against Cincinnati and Miami. Uh, and, and feel like they found something here. This game, I don't know if you're necessarily confident. This is a very good Ravens team. I, 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 oh, I yeah. think it's a bit much. I'm to not say. as confident as Amy. Yeah, I think Buffalo. it's a, like. Do I think the Chiefs can win this game on Sunday? Absolutely. I'm not willing to to like last week at this point in time. I was already telling you that, and you I think said the same thing. But that the Chiefs were going to beat the Bills. I, I can't be in that spot yet for this game against Baltimore. I, I have to know more on the Tooney and Willie Gay injury front, and maybe we get an answer on some of it coming up again an hour from now out at Arrowhead. Going to hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes along with Chris Jones and perhaps Isaiah Pacheco as well. I did see the groundwork already being laid, though. Oh, yeah. From national media and some in Baltimore. NFL's rigged. What Monday could sound like if and hopefully when the Chiefs win this game and go to another Super Bowl. And look, it's nothing new. We've seen this come across throughout this season. The latest, though, and I'm surprised it's from someone we've had on our show. And a matter of fact, if we were on Radio Row for the Super we Bowl, we did have him on. And it's our it's it's Warren Sharp, who I think does overall a very good job. I'm disappointed to see, though, that he is buying into, let me just get a bunch of clicks and feed into the Taylor Swift slash NFL is rigged for the Chiefs thought conspiracy. Because he sent out a tweet yesterday that said, the NFL pushed the panic button. They dun, have a dun, ref dun, in the rotation who has a massive edge to road teams. Road teams win at the number one highest rate with him. He penalizes home teams in ways no other ref does. And he's calling the Chiefs road game. And then there's a link. And in the photo, it's Goodell, uh, the ref, Sean Smith, and Taylor Swift. Just like, 
Uh, why is Taylor? What's she do? The groundwork, sorry. Then I saw. Because it's the most watched game uh, in divisional round history. They got to get the eyeballs on Taylor. Is that what's going on? And then I saw a tweet. Now, this this is more of uh, he, he's a film study guy in Baltimore, but he's got like 15,000 followers and he's got a podcast and stuff in Baltimore. So I consider him a fringe member of the media of Baltimore. Okay. And he sent out a tweet yesterday that said basically the same thing. This needs to be circulated and discussed in advance of Sunday. Wow. Goodell has signed Sean Smith as the ref for the AFC championship game. His crew has been the most pro road team crew in recent years, yada, yada, yada. Consideration for objectivity and lack of bias should have been a primary concern in choosing the crew. I can't help but think this is an attempt to get Taylor Swift and the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. (laughs) This begs for a system like jury selection where each team has an objection to veto a crew. Excuse me? So the groundwork's already being laid, just so you know, if the Chiefs win and there's any bit of a call that's controversial or if the Chiefs have one less penalty than Baltimore or if there's less false starts, just know that's the storyline. And at that point, by the way, just give everybody a giant middle finger at that point and your team's in the Super Bowl, so who cares? But just so you know, that's where it's heading. This is especially hilarious because Carl Sheffers did the Super Bowl last year, and if there was one referee on the planet the Chiefs had absolute beef with, and clear beef as he cried at Arrowhead earlier in the, in the season, it was What's, Carl Sheffers. I get it. It's like other refs, home teams win 55.9% of the time. But with Smith, home win rates dropped to 40.8%. Maybe, like I didn't go through each matchup. Maybe just went the other way. It's also just not, do you realize how many phone calls you'd have to make? Can we talk about that for a minute? That Roger Goodell would have to get on with the head official. And they'd have to be like, hey, who's the best road crew you got? Cool. I'm putting them on the game. Oh, do they rank high enough to actually play in this game? Because you got to play that out for 18 games. You have to grade high enough just to be in the game. Right, and it's as like, you oh said, it's God, not even his, it's not the same. It's not the same crew, as you were saying. Like it, his all these stats that are tied just to his crew. It's just it's not. It doesn't. They put the best, as you were saying, with the other best refs. Meaning, like it's not even the same. The, the stats it's not him with all of his boys. It, yeah, it's like it's not the same crew. Look. We've talked about this a lot, whether it's the NFL conspiracy or not. Like, if somebody doesn't like the results of anything, and we're talking about football here, if they don't like the results, then there must be a conspiracy. And we've unfortunately come to just accept that in today's world. And it sucks. It flat out sucks. If you don't like the result and you don't think you, it was is what the result you wanted, and in this case we're talking about football, then let's just all just claim that something was something happened. It was rigged. It was there was a conspiracy because nobody wants to accept the results. I'm talking about football here, Cody. This is rare. This is a rare pre-conspiracy. Normally the conspiracies come up after they'll be like, "Did you know Sean Smith offers more penalties for the road team than any other team in yeah. NFL?" And it's not even that strong. It's just, boy, this is deep. Also, I would generally tell you if you're an NFL team, don't let the refs decide. How about that? (laughs) Don't let the fact that he calls one less false start penalty on average for road teams be the decision between your team losing or winning. That five yards of Jawan Taylor starts a little early that doesn't get called that normally does because you're the home team, let that one go. And I get it. We all assume a certain amount of like home bias, right? Like playing an Allen Fieldhouse. We get it. Like there's a historical evidence that suggests... That typically this thing's not called fair. Have we considered the fact that maybe he's calling it more fair? That typically home teams get an advantage they don't deserve just for simply being at home as a referee. And instead, the game should just be called, call this crazy, evenly for both he's, sides. This is also the same official. We're already spending, see, this is the problem with, so like we bring light. This is, see, we're already spending too much time on this conspiracy <laughs> theory. This is the problem. But anyway, um, this same official, Sean Smith, was the official, I believe, that 
was officiating last year's game in which the Chiefs lost at Indianapolis. And you guys remember the BS personal foul because yeah. Chris Jones said a bad word, basically. Yeah, remember, remember that? This was that official. So don't tell me he has a bias towards the Chiefs. Kidding me? I get more annoyed by that penalty than I do the Kadarius Tony one because of how often I see players like say things to the face of other players. I'm like, man, how did Chris Jones get a penalty that one time for smiling and saying mean words? I thought we all agreed the we hot didn't mic, do that. You hear stuff all the time. Oh yeah. Did You're you not- see that hot mic moment of uh, the mic'd up with Nick Bolton on the fake punt? Oh, he was He's he coming. was telling he was yeah. telling them earmuffs or whatever, basically to be up look look out for a fake or whatever. He was on top. of First it, person yeah. he said it to was Leo Chanel, who made the yeah. tackle on the fake punt. Chanel, Drew's boy, I guess, right? Because you're a Wisconsin guy. Yeah, oh, that is that, that is should be true. your favorite Chiefs player, Leo Chanel. Did you guys see by the way when that game for the Dolphins game? He showed up in shorts and a and a little windbreaker jacket. Some guys are just there. Say you're from Wisconsin without saying you're from Wisconsin or Minnesota or North Dakota. You're wearing (laughs) shorts when it's negative 30 outside. All right. Coming up next, we get to the 11 o'clock hour. One thing Cody is okay with if it means something for the Chiefs on Sunday and a comp. We don't get a lot of comps on this show for Patrick Mahomes, but we've got a new one for you. That's next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 